Got me on the speaker. 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 What as we go live with the freak show jam? What as we go live with the freak show jam? Woo! Omicron. Yeah, Percy I ate. What? That's a Futurama reference. There's a planet called Omicron Percy I ate that they go to a bunch of times. Oh. Yeah, we meant to start Futurama. Yeah. Sorry. That's the Planet Express ship going right over your head. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we had meant to start Futurama on Hulu. Because Futurama's on Hulu, y'all. It is. Yeah, it's arranged kind of weird, though. Because there's, like, the production order, and there's the broadcast order. I, I don't know what be happening that that should be different, but whatever. What's up, baby? Is it's not an order? It's in a weird order. Oh. Yeah, like some of the, cause the production order lists there being ten seasons, and the, uh, the broadcast order. Well, actually, I think the broadcast order treated it as as ten seasons, and the production order treated it as six. Hmm. Yeah, so it's kind of weird, or seven. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. But there's a lot of stuff going on. Uh, We finished What If. We did. We saw Black Widow. We also saw Black Widow. Yeah. Yeah. And um, honestly, very interesting movie. It was pretty good. Yeah, there was definitely a spot in there. Um, So I'm going to just say spoilers ahead for those who, you know, haven't seen this stuff. This is the Why part haven't where you, you seen wanna... it? It's on Disney Plus. Well, now it's on Disney Plus. Just as you know, with all the with all the other Marvel stuff, before you had to pay. Now it's uh, old enough, I guess. Mm. Yeah. So I guess that means that there's hope for uh, for Shang Chi after just a couple months. That's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah. Yeah, they got a good cast in there. They got uh, Aquafina. They got Ronnie Chung from The Daily Show. Um, but anyway, there was this, the, the, the helicopter scene, I think the helicopter scene took way longer than it needed to. Why? It was just a lot of going around and a lot of like... It was a build up. I think, I thought it took longer than it needed to. Uh, I think it was good. And I really liked, what's the name of the, the, the sister? Yelena. I love her. Oh, she was really good. But She's funny. It's just that, like, even during that part, you know, nobody was nobody was really doing a lot. Like, like uh, Natasha was struggling to command the uh, helicopter. Uh, Yelena was like struggling to. What was she doing during that during that point? She was she down there trying to. I think she was down there. <gasps> <gasps> what happened? Adele's dropping new music. Oh, okay. November 19th. Oh. <gasps> All my Pokemon fans, November 19th is also when Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl comes out. The remakes I... of Generation 4. Oh my goodness. This is so exciting. When was the last time that Adele dropped an album? Because I know she'll wait between 25? albums. She doesn't... She doesn't uh, 25. She'll be rushing. Like, She's she dropping has... 30 now. That's what's up. 
oh, I thought the uh, albums usually lined up with the uh, age at the time of recording or something like that. So what, How old what is, is she, she now? She's 33 now. Okay, so she said that she's been holding on to it for three years. Ah. Uh, yeah. So she, she posted a, a statement. Adele is somewhere... I'm sorry, I'm so sorry to cut you off, but Adele is definitely somewhere in, a, in a position that just about every artist wants to be in. People will... Like, when, when, she, when she comes through, that's when people are going to flock. I love Adele. Actually, just yesterday, I was looking at Ticketmaster, and I was like... I really need to go to an Adele concert. And then here she is coming through. So okay. she released a statement. Um, and it says, I was certainly nowhere near where I'd hoped to be when I first started it nearly three years ago. Quite the opposite, actually. I rely on routine and consistency to feel safe. I always have. And yet, there I was knowingly, willingly, even throwing myself into a maze of absolute mess and inner turmoil. I've learned a lot of blistering home truths about myself along the way. I've shed many, many layers. I've shed many layers, but also wrapped myself in new ones. Discovered genuinely useful and wholesome mentalities to lead with, and I feel like I've finally found my feeling again. I'd go as far as to say that I've never felt more peaceful in my life. And so I'm ready to finally put this album out. It was my ride or die throughout the most turbulent period of my life. When I was writing it, it was my friend who came over with a bottle of wine and a takeaway to cheer me up. My wise friend who always gives me the best advice. Not to forget the one who's wild and says, It's your Saturn return, babes. Fuck it. You only live once. My friend who'd always th- who'd stay up all night and just hold my hand while I'd sub relentlessly, not knowing why. The get up and go friend who would pick me up and take me somewhere I said I didn't want to go but wanted to get me out of the house for some vitamin D. That friend who snuck in and left the magazine with a face mac and some bath salts to make me feel loved while inadvertently reminding me not only what month it actually was, but I should probably exercise some self-care. And then that friend who, no matter what, checked in on me, even though I'd stopped checking in with them because I'd become so consumed by my own grief. I've painstakingly rebuilt my house and my heart since then, and this album narrates it. Home is where the heart is. That was very long-winded. I got lost a few times in that. <laughs> so apparently, according to Wikipedia... The album's title alludes to the age the singer first married ex-husband Simon Konecki and will feature themes of separation, divorce, motherhood, and the anxiety of fame. Also, apparently it contains collaborations with the Swedish producers and songwriters Max Martin and Shellback, who were also co-writers of Send My Love to Your New Lover from 25. That's a great song. The Swedish composer Ludwig Granson. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but he worked. He worked. He's worked a lot with uh, with Childish Gambino, the Canadian singer songwriter Tobias Gesso Jr. I don't know who that is. Uh, Inflow, a producer who works with Little Sims. She's she's pretty tight. Uh, I need I need to finish her album. Sometimes I tend. Uh, sometimes I might be introvert. I need I need to I need to finish that one because it's it's definitely the the tracks that I've heard so far are dope. And apparently Skepta and Tyler, the creator, are working on this album, too. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we got quite a few people on there. Yeah, it's intense stuff. And again, she, I mean, she drops when she drops. So, so shout, shout out to Adele. That's some dope stuff. I am so excited. So, so, so excited. <laughs> Adele is dropping new music. You know what will make me even more happier? What? If Cyrex drops new music, 
But here we are. Gosh. Stares you down. Oh my. Stares deep into your soul. She's looking me right in the the windows of of my soul. Hmm. And she said, drop. Mm-hmm. Drop. 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 So yeah, we um we we're talking about Black Widow. Um it's it's honestly a, it's an intense movie. There's a lot of stuff going on. Um, but it mostly covers the period, you know, between uh the battle at uh the German airport. Where they just, where they just fucked up the airport, and the um, I guess that jet that he got her at the end was to help, uh, to help Cap free the others, right? Yeah. Yeah, cause uh, I guess that's how he got. To the, yeah, that that makes sense. He he couldn't have just swam to the raft. Yeah. That was fucked up though, like. People who helped save the world were put on the raft. That's fucked up. Like, you think about that. Hawkeye, one of the original Avengers. Oh, that's right. Sorry. I completely interrupted your whole thing on the. Sorry. I got excited. <laughs> no, 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 no. We good. I'm sorry. It was, uh, it was more stuff to talk about. Okay. Um. I, I would highly recommend it. I would definitely recommend Black Widow. It's definitely gonna. I mean, it, I understand, um, well, I guess I don't really understand why it didn't come out in Phase 3, but, I mean, they had so much going on, so I understand why it kicked off Phase 4, movie-wise, although it was supposed to come out before any of the shows. Mm. Yeah. Um, but, you know, then COVID. And it was just easier, clearly, to release shows. Um... Rather than expect you to go to a movie and expect to make money off it. Mm. Yeah, so it, definitely the um, the banter between between Nat and Yelena was pretty fun. That that was it was good. I I liked her. Yeah. yeah, the little family unit. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty cool. But apparently, the reason she has that name, Black Widow, is because they're all Black Widows. Mm-hmm. They're the Red Room trains Black Widows. So yeah, that that's uh that's what's going on. Oh, and then we have a returning character from uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, and the post credit scene. Remember that. Um, Val. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm like, cool. Yeah, and, and, and it takes place, basically, it's, it's some, it's some fucked up shit. It is some fuckery. But then, uh, tell what them, if? Tell them what she gives the other she, person. She frames somebody. <gasps> tell them who, baby. Yeah, I guess I did tell, I did tell you spoilers. Um... She frames... Cyrix! Oh, okay. Yes. That's exactly what happened. I like to live on the edge. I'm kidding. 
So, what if was missing an episode? There were ten planned episodes. They only they only released nine. Turns out one of them got pushed back. Why? Because of COVID. Oh. Yeah. So we're not getting it? It's being pushed to season two. Aww. Yeah. Which ain't coming for what, like, at least a year. Aww. Right? So we got uh, episode one uh, with Captain Carter. I thought Captain Carter was awesome. Episode two with Star-Lord T'Challa. Now that was some fire. That was pretty good. Uh, episode three with, um, that's right, what if the world lost its mightiest heroes? Uh, this is the one where each one, um, where each one is killed. Uh, what's it called? Clint, Nat, Tony, Bruce, and, uh, and Thor. Right, so all he really had was uh, all he really had was Captain Marvel and Captain America. Mm-hmm. Um, then we have number four with Doctor Strange Supreme. That he dis- that he basically destroys his dimension. Uh, number five. Zombies. I always say I need to watch Doctor Strange. I don't know if Doctor Strange is like super duper. Um, like I know that there's a little bit of I think that I think there's a little bit of uh of Loki and or a little bit of Thor in there, because I know he briefly appears in Ragnarok Thor Ragnarok. But yeah, I don't know. It's it. I mean, outside of it being his origin story, I don't know. I don't. I don't know that it's like super duper necessary. I but mean, I, it will I, help. I would like to know more about him. Okay, well then, yeah. I mean, I'd be down to watch it with you. Because I also, it was low volume and I fell asleep. <laughs> yeah, and then we were expecting uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness next year. Yeah, so we need to watch it. Yeah, that, we, know, we know that's going to have some... Uh... Well, we'll talk about that in a sec. So, we had the zombie episode. That was a weird episode. That was crazy. And then... Um... Oh, that's right. The uh, what if Killmonger rescued Tony Stark? Oh, that was that was too much. But yeah, I mean, y'all y'all saw that episode. Killmonger was insane. Yeah. That nigga was a real Killmonger. Yeah. Uh, Thor as an only child. That was fun. That was funny. And I liked um, I liked him fighting uh, Captain Marvel. I wish it would have been voiced. I wish she would have been voiced by Brie Larson though. Was it voiced? Was what's his face? Uh, I believe Chris Hemsworth, um, Chris Hemsworth generally played Thor. Yeah. Yeah, he was the only one to voice Thor in the sh- in the show. Oh, cool. So yeah, a lot of the people came back. Uh, Haley Atwell came back as Peggy. Um, Sebastian Stan came back as Bucky. Oh, Dominic Cooper came back as the young Howard Stark. Hmm. Yeah, there were a lot of returning uh, returning actors. Kurt Russell as Ego. Benicio Del Toro as The Collector. Michael Rooker as Yondu. 
Um, Don Cheadle as Rhodey. John Favreau as Happy. And Zombie Happy. Hmm. Oh, Rachel McAdams came back as uh, Christine Palmer. And Benedict Cumberbatch came back as uh, Doctor Strange. And of course, Strange Supreme. Um, the Thor only child, yeah. And then the uh, What If Ultron won. Now that was crazy. So, this that's like the two part season finale here, and I'm sure that the the episode that they took out was probably supposed to be season like episode eight or just one of the first eight. So, um, we have a, a version of Ultron, who remember his intent was to transfer his his, his consciousness. To the body that became Vision. And in this version, he succeeds. He succeeds. He's got the Mind Stone. Um, he's, you know, he defeated the the, the Avengers. He caught, launched a, a global nuclear holocaust. Fuck. So he's killed off most of humanity. Hold up. Say it again. A global nuclear holocaust. Can you say that five times? Global nuclear holocaust. Global, No. Global nuclear holocaust. Global nuclear holocaust. Gosh. <laughs> so the the one of the wildest parts of the episode was Thanos comes through with the other five Infinity Stones, mm. all the other five. And and Ultron just looks at him, the fuck, and just cuts him in half. That's right, he cuts him in half. Yeah. So he just takes the other five. And holy shit, like he He did he he went he went way harder than Thanos intended to. Mm. And then he hears the watcher and he attacks him. Um meanwhile Clint and Natasha they're looking for Armin Zola, Armin Zola's mind. Oh no, Arnim Zola. Uh, his mind in Siberia. They upload him to a drone. Um, okay, that's right. That's right. They still had that. Um, they had to put him like in an arrow. But then uh, the Watcher, he, you know, he was overwhelmed by Ultron. And now he's like, okay, I have to, you know, I need help. So he gets basically the, uh, the best parts of all the, you know, of all, of all the, of all the, all the universes that we've been shown. So he brings... Back to Strange Supreme, which, I mean, was awful, but, you know, mm-hmm. he he's had time to sulk in his loneliness or whatever yeah. in that uh, dimensional void or whatever that he's in. Um, he brings in Captain Carter. He brings in Star-Lord T'Challa. <laughs> I love that they call it Party Thor. <laughs> Black Panther Killmonger. Viva Las Vegas! Yeah, y'all, y'all gonna hear a little smack there. That was me. Yeah, it's okay though. She didn't hit my hand. Sorry, baby. It's all good, baby. Mm. And uh, 
what would have been really interesting, or an interesting episode, but I guess we'll get this later, a Gamora variant who killed Thanos. Is that the one that's delayed? Yes. Now, I watched a theory on that. Ooh. Yeah, I like this theory a lot. Tell us. So tell us? Yes. So the theory is, and I, this is either from Monster... Oh, jeez, I forgot the channel. But it's either Screen Crush or Monster Movie. I Oh, jeez, I'm going to feel terrible. Um, is this one of the channels you watch? Yeah. And you forgot the name? Well, it's not one that I normally watch, but I was looking for... Because Screen Crush, I fairly normally watch. What's my name? Your name is Super Elsie. <laughs> we were watching an episode of Degrassi. And what's her name? Uh, Fiona. Fiona Celestine Allegora. <laughs> right? <laughs> Fiona like... Celestine Arabella Coin. <laughs> yeah. Her, she has a crush on this girl, and the girl, like, sweet talks to her, and I turn to Cyrix, and I go, don't sweet talk to me that way. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> I said this as I'm eating my fries, just staring at him. <laughs> Maybe you're fun. The best part is your reaction. You know, I say most of the things are your reaction, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, it was most likely Screen Crush. So their theory is that um, when, like in the, in the original Avengers, mm-hmm. when Tony uh, set the, sent the missile, like he redirected the missile that was for New York... Sent it through the wormhole to destroy the um, the Chitori hive mind. Uh-huh. That Cap directed Nat to use the, the scepter to close the portal a little bit too early. Ooh. Yeah, so it closes without bringing him back. And he ends up falling through another wormhole that takes him to Sakaar. Now, Sakaar was... Uh, you know the Jeff Goldblum character, uh, mm-hmm. the Grandmaster. Yeah, that's where he rules, and he, he, he. What's it called? Basically, just enslaves people, and uh, makes them work for him, and uh, makes them like, you know, bring stuff that can that can get him more money or, um, or fight for him in like in a coliseum. That's where we saw, uh, Thor fight the Hulk, in that movie. But in this case, what happened was Tony uses, like, the parts in... He, he, the theory was that he most likely gets gets um, taken in by Valkyrie. And uh, he uses the tech on Sakaar to make his suit way doper. And we saw the suit that he was in was kind of a Hulkbuster suit. Yeah. It was huge. So he used so he basically becomes the champion of the world of Sakar, I guess. He becomes friends with like Korg and Meek. And I think the the theory went on to say that that he meets that that Gamora like faces him and and she and she fights and, and they and she beats him, but then they become allies against Thanos. Mm. That that's what I remember. Not looking back, I might not have finished the video. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's. Uh, I mean, 
the the watcher in that video said that she killed Thanos. What was fucked up is that that's the only one of all the what if realities in which he lives. Yeah. And the watcher didn't want to bring him. Ugh. Not you, Stark. Ugh. It was like Austin Powers. Not you, Scott. Not you, number two. Not you, Frau. Not you, gold member. Not you, henchman holding wrench. Not you, henchman arbitrarily turning knobs, like making it seem like you're doing something. Gosh. So yeah, he brings in that Gamora, along with the aforementioned Killmonger, Thor, Star-Lord Chala, uh, Strange Supreme, and, um, and Captain Carter. And he assembles them to be the Guardians of the Multiverse. that you didn't like that i thought it was cool i thought it was cool i thought they're um i thought just having them say wait that's actually okay i no wait it it partially makes sense but then it doesn't what because now i'm thinking but most of them were voiced by their original actors and we know that okay no Cynthia McWilliams voiced Gamora. Last I checked, Cynthia McWilliams is not Zoe Saldana. No. But, um... Let's see. Yeah, Michael B. Jordan voiced uh, Killmonger. Chris Hemsworth voiced Thor. Haley Atwell voiced Peggy. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch voiced Doctor Strange. And, of course... Uh, Chadwick Boseman gave his final performances throughout this season as T'Challa. R.I.P. Yeah. So that that includes uh, what if the Watcher broke his oath? That is that is his, effectively his final performance for the MCU. Mm. And unless he has any any other posthumous movies, his final performance overall most likely, unless they use like archive footage for Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. So, yo, I mean, shit, thank you for what you could give us, Chadwick. Rest in peace. R.I.P. But that was just an awesome episode. Like, I'm, I I was high-key on the edge of my seat. Well, I think we were, it took us longer than usual to eat. We were, like, taking our times. Yeah. Because it's like the, the tide of the battle keeps turning. Uh, they need to draw Ultron to, like, his own world. Wait, how did it go? So, Ultron confronts them in a universe lacking intelligent life. Right, because that's where they made the signal to, yeah. to him. Uh, then Chalamet manages to get the Soul Stone. Oh, and Strange uses the zombie horde, including zombie, uh, zombie Wanda. WandaVision, yeah. Wanda, not WandaVision, Wanda. Uh, yeah, because Vision... Made us go through that freaking Mind Stone thing again. Yeah. And the other vision never happened because Ultron uh, won. But yeah, they use the... Oh, and they team up with the with the Natasha from Ultron's universe. Because Clint sacrificed himself so, to make sure that Zola and, and uh, Natasha succeeded. So she was the last one left. And she worked, she basically joined the Guardians, and um, it helped that sh- that Peggy had a com like, she was tight with the Nat from her universe. Yeah. So they were able to, like, you know, form a, a quick partnership there. 
So that was dope. That was that was fun to watch. That was really awesome. But then uh, we have, the, then they managed to get the 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 arrow in his eye. Um, what happens then? The virus hits. Not the virus. That's right. Uh, Arnim Zola takes over. Yeah. Oh wait! But as as this is happening, Killmonger's trying to steal the the Infinity Stones for himself too. Yeah. Kazan, what are you doing? He's like, I'm not your cousin. And just starts good. That 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 was his only explanation. It's like uh it's like when cinema was confronted. Excuse me, Congresswoman? Senator. That's the only response she gave. Every all the other questions she just ignored. But we'll talk about her later. It's like, alright, bitch. You remember your title, but you remember your duties. Mm-hmm. And again, we will definitely talk about that later. So uh Doctor Strange Supreme, he uses all the power from the uh, magical beings that he absorbed. And he banished the combating Zola and Killmonger in a pocket dimension. He sealed them like a snow globe. That shit was like a snow globe. Um, So yeah, they effectively won. They saved the multiverse from Ultron. And um, I guess that means that we'll just have to watch watch the main Strange uh, deal with the multiverse in the Multiverse of Madness mm-hmm. next year. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they return everybody to their own universe except for... Wait, there was a mid credit scene? You only see that? Did we see it? What was the mid-credit scene? Uh, Carter and her universe's Romanoff discover the Hydra Stopper armor with someone inside. Did we see that? I don't think we did. Huh. Alright, who was in charge of the remote? Snag him across the head. (laughs) I think we were watching... Wait. Were we watching on my computer? No. Didn't we? Oh, yeah, we did. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, my bad. I was just so used to not having mid credit scenes. They got to say something. You they, just got flicked. They can't say, by the way, this one has a mid credit scene. Or, I don't know, just not put the, put the damn mid credit scene right before the credits. Why can I not highlight this? It's pissing me off. See, as of right now, uh, next up for the MCU is uh, Hawkeye, which is supposed to premiere in late November. Of this year? Yes. <gasps> well, actually, I think... Um, but we won't see that. Oh, that's a show. show. That's a show. I think Eternals is supposed to come out before it, but... I sent yeah. you the trailer. I said, oh, one of the trailers. Did you see it? I didn't. Sorry. All right. Okay. Wait, but we can pause now to, to watch it. Uh-huh. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna what pause. If, what if I don't want to? Well, it'll be material for the show. Oh, so whatever. we're gonna pause and then we're gonna watch it and then we're gonna tell y'all how we feel about it. I feel right now like you ignore my messages. <sighs> my bad, baby. But look, look what an opportunity this is. So that was intense. It was. It was good. Looks like a very interesting movie. 
So we have Gemma Chan portraying Cersei, who can manipulate inanimate matter. We got Richard Madden. Okay, he's a Scottish dude. As Icarus? Is that how, is that how that's pronounced? He, he can fly and project cosmic energy beams from his eyes. So he's like a flying cyclops. But Biclops? I'm just saying, that's what Cyclops does. <laughs> no, but I'll let, him, I'll let him live. I'll let him live. He looks cool. Um, Kumail Nanjiani. He's awesome. As Kingo. Who can project cosmic energy projectiles from his hands. Uh, Leah McHugh as Sprite. Uh, lifelike illusions. Project lifelike illusions. Brian Tyree Henry from Atlanta as Fastos, Fastos, uh, intelligent weapons and technology inventor. Uh, Lauren Ridloff as Makari, possesses the power of super speed. Barry Kogan, Keegan, as Druig, who can manipulate the minds of others. Don Lee as Gilgamesh. Um, it just says he's the strongest Eternal with a deep connection to Thena. Harish Patel as... Oh, it's Kingo's manager. It doesn't say that they're an Eternal. Okay, and then here's the other... Here's the two that, of, that everybody knows. Salma Hayek as Ajak, the wise and spiritual leader of the Eternals who has the ability to heal and is the bridge between the Eternals and the Celestials. I believe the Celestials created the Eternals. Oh. And Angelina Jolie as Thena. An elite eternal, uh, an elite warrior eternal who can form any weapon out of cosmic energy. Okay. So, uh, this ought to be interesting. A whole like ensemble cast, larger than that of uh, our original Avengers set. Just inter- just, bam, ten new ten new people. I'm so movie. excited. We're gonna so. watch this. We're gonna watch this. Oh, I'm down. I'm definitely down. And then uh, in, I believe, right on Christmas, right? Mm-hmm. Is when we get Spider-Man No Way Home. Yeah. So, yeah, even though 2020 was pretty dry for the MCU, 2021 is uh, pretty saucy. Pretty spicy. Saucy? Yeah. December 17th. Um... And they got, what's his name? They got Alfred Molina back as Doc Ock and Jamie Foxx back as Electro. And it's believed that we're supposed to be getting like the Green Goblin again. And people people, people are thinking that it's going to be Willem Dafoe again. Okay. What's with that face? It, there was this meme that I saw. It was... How did it go? If this thing would... Accept my face ID. That means you're not you. I'm not me? No. (gasps) Who are you? Who am I? Where was it? Who are you? What movie is that from? I'm not sure. What movie is that from? Alice in Wonderland. Okay. So, it's Willem Dafoe. <laughs> wow. 
Yes, but it changed it to William Defoe so that it can turn it all the way on its head. William, will I am Defoe? Won't you aren't the friend? Yeah, all that. It flipped all of it and put him and put him in negatives and all. So yeah, that could be um, that could be our Green Goblin again, but eh. mm. I don't know. Allegedly, Norman Osborn is like really, uh, really important in in uh, in Marvel. So I don't know. I see them getting somebody. I I see them getting. I see them getting somebody. You know, like. Uh, Like how them getting RDJ that changed his whole career. Huh. You know, he was he was he was he wasn't really he wasn't really seen as reliable. I mean he had he had, you know, some he had lots of legal issues and yeah. Hollywood was ready to give up on him. Um this this has has broken, you know, quite a few stars, so I see them getting somebody younger. Hmm. Yeah. And so that is what's going on in the MCU right now. <gasps> this is a great update, baby. Fantastic update. Alright, well thank you for coming in today. And uh, that's the show for today. Soft music. <laughs> and then just shifts to closing time. No, not quite. <laughs> uh, we're open for business. So what are we talking about, baby? Are we talking about uh, cinema? Are we talking about Idaho? Are we talking about Miami? This is cinema. So cinema's been fucking up some more. Oh, so apparently it, it should be more like see no mo we don't need to see her no mo I mean we barely see her especially on Washington she always try to get out why is she there <sighs> to, she wants to she just wanted the title she wants to she, she wants to train to be a lobbyist basically she wants to be a lobbyist so uh, cinema was supposed to run the Boston Marathon because that's what senators are supposed to be doing just gonna stare and what happened she didn't show up apparently she didn't end up running and progressive activists from Arizona flew to go protest her at the Boston Marathon to protest her and make sure hey we elected you to serve this Biden agenda, to serve this agenda that helps people, come on, bro. I want to see some of the signs that they had. <laughs> Cinema, be brave. Fight for us. Oh, okay. Green jobs now. You work for us. No cuts to climate, care, and justice. These are some good signs. <laughs> um, I pulled up a Fox News article because there wasn't a whole lot and be of articles about this, and because I have to see 
what these what these fuckers said about this. <laughs> Activists from Arizona attempted to target Sen- Senator Kirsten Cinema at the Boston Marathon um, on Monday, but the senator's broken foot prevented her participation. Oh, he had a broken foot, huh? Oh. That reminds me of uh. Who's that? Who's that? That character from a comedy show or a cartoon, who uh tries to make their like athletic feats seem dope, but it's like they always conveniently don't feel good enough to 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 prove it right then. Who is it? I don't know. Oh. But there's got to be plenty of characters like that. I mean, we had a former president who used his foot as an excuse. Yeah. Okay. Maybe I was thinking of him. Yeah, he is a cartoon. Yep. Because he's such a fucking joke. Um, so the Arizona Working Families Party and the Sunrise Movements, Sunrise Movements Tempe chapter shared a photo of activists holding up signs urging cinema to deliver green jobs now, care jobs now, and to be brave, fight for us. They intended to urge her to support President Biden's $3.5 trillion reconciliation bill, also called the Build Back Better bill. This is, this is a very... This isn't very foxish. This seems this seems rather sane. <laughs> so the tweet reads, We're here at the Boston Marathon with Sunrise Tempe and others from Arizona asking Senator Cinema to stop running from her constituents and start listening. Well, running's St- what she does. Hashtag stop running cinema and pass the Build Back Better plan. This is a quote tweet from the Arizona Working Families Party. They had quote tweeted that picture uh, with the signs from the Sunrise Movement Tempe. So yeah, they're uh, they're in lockstep. You can't keep running from your constituents. And Cinema's like, watch me. But not today because of my foot. The protest came after activists from the Green New Deal Network a coalition of 15 organizations announced that they are planning on bird-dogging cinema during the marathon, according to the Boston Globe. We're going to look up bird-dogging because that's, a, that's such a weird term. I mean, yeah, if you, if you, uh, if you throw, that, um, throw that, that word out there. Huh? I have the closing time song stuck in my head. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Search out or pursue with dogged determination. It's a weird word. That's a very weird word. Is that why Dog the Bounty Dog the Bounty Hunter goes by Dog? Dog Dog the Bounty Hunter has been uh, making some news lately. He has, but we'll talk about that later too. Gosh. Um, yet the Green New Deal told oh network told Fox News that its activists had no luck with the sighting of Senator Cinema at the marathon. A spokesperson for the senator told Fox News. That cinema had to skip out on running the race. While, while Kirsten qualified for and attended the race, she could not run because of her continued recovery from a broken foot. When the hell did the foot break? And why the hell were, was she apparently continuing to plan to run in this race? Until only at the last minute... Now, of course, I'm not her. I'm not on her staff. Maybe, maybe shit happened. But I want. I'd like to know, since this is such a since this is a thing. When when did the foot happen? When did the training start? She's been training her whole damn time. She's been in the term. 
Yeah, running. That's true. Running from motherfuckers. Three years. We've been counting. <laughs> so, last week, activists approached Cinema at the airport and on an airplane, urging her to support the Build Back Better bill. Other activists even followed her from a classroom at Arizona State University, where she teaches, to a bathroom there. They continued hounding her. There it is. There's that fox, uh... There's that fox tone. I don't think it was hounding. Fox and hound. <laughs> they continued hounding her while she was in the stall, and later she emerged, and later when she emerged to wash her hands. Somebody said that somebody should have had a sign that says, you're full of shit in the bathroom. Somebody should have. That, yeah, that would have been epic. Cinema has expressed her opposition to the Build Back Better bill, but she hasn't said why, still which Democrats have often paired with a trillion-dollar bipartisan infrastructure bill, which Cinema uh, oh, and her colleague Joe Manchin have balked at the $3.5 trillion sticker price. I hate that, that saying, sticker price. Like, this isn't a car. Mm. Although, what that and a car have in common is that they do make people's lives better. The, the, the car, a car, and the 3.5 trill... Definitely make people's lives better. I think they should bring it down to is it five years? If you wanna yeah, if you wanna do one point seven five trill or even two trill, let's do two trill over five years. That way, A, it's more over those five years than it would have been as part of those ten years. Yep. And B, in five years, Democrats can be like Look at what the fuck we've been doing for y'all for five years now. Y'all gonna elect for rather look at what we've been doing over two years already. Look at what we've been doing. Look at what we started four years ago. Look at what we started six years ago. Mm-hmm. De- like Democrats can pick up more seats three times over 2022, 2024, 2026. Can keep the White House in 2024. All the oh, gosh. We need some. We need somebody like we need a successor to Bernie Sanders, because the thing is, the, a does he really want to run in twenty twenty four? I mean, know. he's not gonna say shit now because it's the first full year of the of the Biden presidency, but so far, I mean, so far the like we already know that the establishment wants uh, either Joe Biden or Kamala Harris to run next time, and I don't want either. Cause, 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 cause Biden's gonna be, Biden's gonna be like what, eighty two. Okay. And. Uh, Ageism. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm. You know. He he was in Congress for thirty six. I mean, yeah, Congress. He was in Congress for thirty six years. I don't think. I don't think you'll end up running next year. Or next, whatever, next election. Yeah, but that means Harris. Do we need four years of don't come here? Anyway. Um, Cinema and Mansion have balked at the 3.5 trill, which the Wall Street Journal editorial board has insisted is a low estimate of the bill's true cost of $5 trillion. Yeah, because the Wall Street Journal is who we're, who's who we really care about. Then again, 
those those op-ed pieces that that the two of them and uh, what's what's the other the other asshole uh, Ted Cruz have been writing have been in the Wall Street Journal right at least Mansions was right yeah so yeah they all they really care about is what their donors are saying and they're I mean. They don't care about the people who read the Wall Street Journal. They care about the motherfuckers who write the Wall Street Journal. Talking about, come on. Uh, anyway, Biden and his advisors have insisted that the cost is zero because they pledged to pay for the three point five trill with tax increases on the wealthy and corporations. Yeah, and uh, Fox News doesn't want that. No. They're owned by a corporation. Activists approaching Mansion's houseboat aboard kayaks also accosted him yeah protesting the people protesting the nigga that you voted for (laughs) looking at the senator for whom you voted saying this person is this person is not representing me and then having the audacity to go up to him peacefully with a very respect respectable distance especially on a fucking houseboat and he, he, honestly, even the even the distance from cinema was pretty respectable, especially considering nobody tried to put their hands on her. If I'm protesting the person I'm voted for, suddenly I'm suddenly I'm uh, you know I'm accosting them, and they're brave for for not going along for not playing Washington's games. This is bullshit. They are. They are brave. This is. Uh, can you grab me the charger, please? You know what, baby? You're brave for asking me such a question when I am comfortable. I love the smile you're giving me. <laughs> what 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 charger? Uh, the 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 laptop. But you yeah, actually pass me both, please, just in case. Thank you, baby. Actually, give me give me that one. Thank you. So, um, so Biden addressed the confrontations against the senators last week, noting that neither senator has Secret Service protection. Who the hell thought that senators had Secret Service protection? <laughs> it wouldn't be very secret if all 530... Let's see. 435 plus 100 plus the president and the vice president. And... Jeez, that's like plus like thirteen other people, right? Mm-hmm. So let's just say fifteen. So that's five hundred fifty people. Five hundred fifty people have a uh, secret service. It's not so secret, is it? No, but I think that calls for an employment opportunities. <laughs> Shit. You didn't think about that one, did I you? I did not. Yeah, fuck it. Um, make the make the security industry blow up in a good way. By uh, giving, given um, what that's that could be. That could be fifty five hundred jobs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then that's that's less stuff. To, that's less money to use on campaigns. Mm. That's less money to 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 keep uh, getting people who don't give a shit about the American people elected. Mm. I keep thinking about the fact that. In 2020, both, uh, both Lindsey Graham and Mitch McConnell were up for re-election. And looking back, yeah, there probably was never really a chance. Oh, shit. Especially considering the fact that 
I don't think Amy McGrath was very supportive of Medicare for All. I could have sworn that Jamie Harrison was, but I think he was the only he, I think he was the only exception as far as Medicare for All and police reform that who didn't like who was who didn't win. Cuz I mean like he like we mentioned in a prior episode, he he acknowledged the fact that 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 was a seat um, held by Lindsey Graham and still is now, but prior it was held by Strom Thurmond mm. for almost fifty years. So that that tells you what um, that tells you what South Carolina voters um, are you know <laughs> at least enough of them want because keep in mind. They elect. They reelected him in. They reelected Strom Thurmond in two thousand two. He resigned at the top of the top of two thousand three, and he died a few months later. But they reelected him in two thousand two. This was the guy who, fifty something like forty five years prior, filibustered for twenty four hours. To say fuck this anti lynching bill. But yeah, I guess we never really had a chance. Mm-mm. Anyway, Biden said of the confrontations... Uh, stop calling them confrontations. Fuck you, Fox News. Of the protests, of the peaceful protests. At least... And and Manchin, I'll give him credit for at least engaging with them. I, I think that when he asked, Hey, we got any people from West Virginia here? I think he expected to see like one of, the, one of those hands go up. It didn't like all... Were like all of them from West Virginia? Damn near all of them, if not all of them. And he's giving his little bullshit answers. Oh, jeez. You're the worst. No, you're the second worst. Because at least you're talking to them. Yeah. But you could be the fourth worst, because at least we know about Mansion and Cinema. Mm. Uh, what's his name? Gottheimer. He thought he was just going to go on CNN and be like... The urgency for this 1.5. We'll get back to the 3.5. With your lying ass. Um, who Who was it that was on his side? Hakeem Jeffries is on his side, ain't he? Yeah. And I think Terry Sewell was too. Y'all need to do better. Y'all need to do better. Come on. So let's go back to this Boston.com article about this. So, oh, no, no, this is, okay, so a connecting flight to Boston was canceled. They drew, oh, so when Sunrise Tempe, they they intended to fly to Boston, but a connecting flight was canceled. They drove 10 hours through the middle of the night to make it through the, to the Boston Marathon in hopes of reaching their representative. You know what Cinema had to say to that? Senator. <laughs> I don't know if she actually said that, but she probably would have based on that confrontation. Or based on that. See, they got me talking their bullshit. No, but based on, based on a protester uh, who, who was like filming her, like walking again, a decent, a, a very decent distance. Like, you know, social distancing distance. Social distance. 
if you will. Um, and asked her, uh, who, you, who do you want to cut? Who, who are you going to cut? If you're going to cut down the bill, who are you going to cut? Come on, uh, Congresswoman, who are you going to cut? Senator. Senator Cinema, And she corrected herself right away. It's not like she taunted her. She corrected the, the girl, the, 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 the young one, the young woman um, corrected herself mm. and called her Senator Cinema after that. And Cinema still didn't want to look at her. Didn't want to, you know, acknowledge her basically. Um, just got in the car that she was getting in with whoever was, was helping her out. Maybe that was her security or an assistant or st- some, some staff member, maybe a friend. I don't, I don't fucking know. But uh, helped her get in the car and then they left. Now, cinema, she's she's quite a quite a dynamic woman. That's one way of putting it. Yeah, because you think that I mean, with all the breaks they have, clearly being in the Senate is not like a full time job. But look at all the other shit she does. How does she have time to, you know, it's it's almost, you start to understand why she never has time to be there during important votes. Did you know that not only was she training all this time for the Boston Marathon, but she is a wine intern in Napa Valley or Sonoma Valley. I don't give a fuck what, what area. I respect, don't get me wrong, I respect all these, you know, all these areas of wine country. I respect all that, but... Where she was training is not relevant to this. So yeah, she's a wine intern. I mean, what the fuck does a wine intern do? I don't know. She, I, I, I mean, she got to crush grapes, don't she? She got to be out there in the fields, don't she? I mean, that's why she's so tired, ain't it? Oh, is she? What is she just tasting wine all day? It's probably the latter. Let's keep it real. <laughs> Like, are you trying to trick me here? <laughs> <laughs> Gosh. Laura Ingram was uh, defending her. I forgot what it was. Uh, let's see. But something about the woke mob never stops. I'm not gonna lie, it was pretty, it was pretty funny, like, the fact that she expected people to take that segment seriously. Matter of fact, I think I can find a better version here. Okay, here we go. Okay... Here it is. The mob never sleeps. That's the focus of tonight's angle. The fact is, there is no satisfying the insane left that today's Democrat Party spawned and projects. There's no point in anyone trying to placate them or even paying attention to them. Because there will always come a day when you'll fall short of their constantly moving woke goalposts. Now, Christian Cinema should know this by now. It doesn't matter that she's a first. 
that she wears fun outfits or that she voted to impeach Trump twice. That's not enough. What is what is she a first at? I know that she's the first openly bisexual senator, but like, who gives a shit about that if you're if you're fucking the American people over? Yeah. Um, did she say it's not enough that she wears fun clothes? <laughs> who gives a shit about that? It's not enough. Like, <laughs> we need more. We need more. Last I che- last I checked, uh, AOC and Ilhan Omar and Jamal Bowman and Rashida Tlaib and um, Ayanna Presley and Cory Bush, they're in there fighting for us, you know, wearing like business attire, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Or suits, you know, professional attire, right? Yeah. So who, who gives a shit what you're like? Bro, you could be... You could be in there in freaking sweats for all I care. If you're if you're doing the right thing by the American people, that's what matters. Like, who cares about her fun wigs and fun uh you know highlights and fun clothes? Shut the hell up, Lorraine Groom. You don't wear fun clothes, so that's what are you talking about? And the fact that she voted to impeach Trump twice. Funny you should mention that because she also, uh, and we've said this before, she is voted, she is identified as the 47th most conservative member of the Senate. 47th most conservative. There's 50 Republicans, meaning she's above some of them. She's above at least three of them. And that during the 116th Congress, that's, okay, that's when she took office, uh, 2019 to 2021. During the 116th Congress, she voted with Donald Trump's position when he was president, uh, roughly 25% of the time, the second most of any Democratic senator to serve during the full term. During the full term? Oh, oh, damn. That means she voted 25% of the time with him in two years, which was more than a lot of other Democrat, any other, any other Democrat except maybe, I guess, Manchin. Uh, but, you know, could have been, Pol- no, wait, not Pelosi. She's a, she's a representative. Uh, could have been Tester. Could have mm-hmm. been, you know, one of the usual suspects during those four years. So, wow. uh, so again, shut up, Laura Ingram. <laughs> Um, she's using that whole woke mob se- um, segment to also try and defend, to, to also try and use Dave Chappelle's criticism to further her to further her propaganda. But I I, I want to watch his special before I speak on that. All I know so far is that the segment that I did see about him, you know the way he was talking about trans people that was not it, Dave. And as a longtime fan, as a longtime huge fan, literally has been he has been my favorite comedian basically ever. That was not it. And he's done that better. The previous special, he's... he's you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. Now that she's standing in the way of Democrats passing their multi-trillion dollar plan to fundamentally remake this country, well, she's leftist enemy number one. Eh, not really. 
I mean, it depends on how you word that. Like, enemy of the left, number one? No. <laughs> but uh, enemy who's supposed to be a leftist, number one? Maybe. She did purport to be a leftist for 10 years, at least. Manchin never did. She's a fraud. Oh, my goodness. She's a phony! A, a big, big fat, fat phony. phony! I love you. I love you. Somebody needs to put... Not like... Not like take a mob to her house. No, no. There shouldn't be... I, I don't... I'm not down with like a mob. I mean, if, like, if it's like a block away or if it's like on the curb and they're just like protesting. No mob, though. Just like a few, just like a few people protest, but anyway, not what I'm saying. What there needs to be so somebody you're saying that you're gonna send the mob out. No. <laughs> somebody needs to make a cutout of that guy, the phony guy from Family Guy, with a word bubble that says, "You know who lives here? A big fat phony," and just put that shit on her lawn. <laughs> no protesters, nothing. Just just that. But also a sign that says, like, you know, uh, Arizonans against cinema. <laughs> yeah. That's what we need to see. Yeah, because, I mean, you incorporate some cartoons. You incorporate some pop culture in, like, a tasteful way. You know? It's going to work. Something's going to work. Something's going to work a little bit. Pop partially. It's not going to not work entirely. Yeah. Um, do we need more of this? Okay, no, there was no more. <laughs> so yeah, that's um, that's the kind of company that she's keeping, or the kind of the kind of people who are defending her now. Cinema, I mean, if that's what you want, if you want to be defended by people like Ben Shapiro and Laura Ingram and fucking uh, what's his name, Stephen Miller, you know, then be my motherfucking guest. Yo ass gonna get the fuck out of here in 2024. Niggas gonna vote you out. They ain't playing with you. Arizona. Arizona is not a, you know, it's it's not, it doesn't have a tiny population. Who's gonna vote you out? Arizona's gonna vote you out. Arizona's gonna vote them out. Um, and keep in mind, Mark Kelly. He just won. It's not like he's been in office longer than her. He just won in 2020. Although they both went up, went up against the same Republican. Martha McSally. McSally? Yeah. And he is way, way more, um, way more popular than her. Wait a second. <laughs> Oh, nope. I might be wrong about that. Uh, Martha McSally actually served um, as a senator prior. She is actually... um, What's this dude's name? I already forgot it. Mark Kelly's uh, predecessor. Huh. Yep. They have a weird... Oh, no, never mind. I thought thought that was the um, lieutenant governor who was a Democrat. But no, it's the secretary of state. And didn't they, like, strip all her power away? The Secretary of State? Yeah. Wasn't that one of the states where they were just like, hey, so, you know, just in case we don't like the results of the election just uh, next time. Oh, yeah. 
you trying to yeah. take my notebook? That, that, was, that was the prop. Oh. Real quick for the power. <laughs> At least give me a heads up before I'm like here like. But that's why doing? I didn't actually take it. I know, just being guac. Let me be guac. But anyway. Anyway. Any guac. Uh, um, they... Yeah, he's way more popular than her. And as far as... Yo, Arizona is ranked 14th in population. Who's number one? Uh, Cali. Easy. Number two? Texas. Three? Now it's Florida. We have a lot of people. Yeah. 21 mil, apparently. Maybe over. Four? Huh? Who's four? New York. It used to be the other way around. Yeah. Five? Pennsylvania. Someone's watching Shit's Creek. Nice. You heard the theme song? It sounded like the theme song. Or it could have been Rhythm as a Dancer. Oh. <laughs> then comes Illinois. That is wild. Like, Illinois is not a large state. But there's a ton of people living in that Chicago metro. Then Ohio, which again is not a large state, but they they got they got packed areas. Uh, Cleveland is really is by the by that Great Lake. Uh huh. I don't know what what lake that is, but hugely populated area. Lake Erie. Could be. Uh, then Georgia, North Carolina, and Michigan, and those are the ones that crack ten mil. Then we have New Jersey, which is the most densely populated state, with uh, almost 9.3 mil. Uh, Virginia, then Washington State, then Arizona. Huh. Mass, Tennessee, Indiana, uh, Maryland, Missouri, and Wisconsin. Those are the top 20. Mm. Everybody else is below. <laughs> Puerto Rico is 30th, counting everybody. Um, D.C. <laughs> Remember when we were talking about uh, how D.C. needs representation? Yeah. Again, Puerto Rico is 30th ahead of Utah, Iowa, Nevada. Oh, wow. I don't know Nevada was so sparsely populated. Arkansas. Damn. <laughs> Nevada and Arkansas. That's a bug out. Because Arkansas has been like a state way longer. It's had people way longer. That's not true. Not Not people, but... <laughs> Jeez. Um, it's had, like, cities and major construction way longer. But also, yeah, was Nevada ever really even a populated, even a super populated area, even when it was all indigenous people or when it was Mexico? Huh. Yeah, because those have always been, like, I don't know. I don't want to flood with the uh, white centrist uh, viewpoint that maybe it was just not a lot of people. Maybe we just didn't move a lot of people out. Maybe. Um, so, cinema. Senator, wine intern, Boston Marathon would have been participant. <laughs> but, remember... She was teaching at ASU, Arizona State University. She does it all. She does it all. Now we got an article here about the, uh, from The Intercept, written by Ken Klippenstein himself, one of the uh, 
honestly one of the master political trolls. So, um, we'll, we'll get there, actually. All students hope to learn from the top experts in their field. Graduate students at ASU have an unusual opportunity this fall to do just that. Where Senator Kirsten Cinema, Democrat from Arizona, is teaching a course on getting rich people to give you money. Yeah. The course titled Developing Grants and Fundraising, which is a worse course. When I heard what the course was about, I was like, wow, this can have like a lot of terrible names. That is worse than any of the ones that I could have thought of. Developing grants and fundraising. That is so transparently... Oh, yeah, we're we're basically just going to teach you how to sell out. Yeah. Is one of two classes uh, Cinema is teaching this fall at ASU's School of Social... School of Social Work? Am I fucking... Am, am, do I have the game fucked up here? Okay, so... Part of being in social services, yes. Yes. So, yeah, so, as soon as you said it, I was like, damn, okay, you guys. Yes, you do need to apply to a lot of grants and funds. I mean, I'm actually preparing to start writing one up in a little bit. But, uh, yeah. It's gonna, it's, it, I'm gonna request funding to start uh, a public campaign about politicizing COVID-19. Okay. I'm just kidding. I'm just talking shit. Yeah, but I was, I was gonna say, I was gonna ask you what side are you on in that because the way you word I I know what side you normally are on, but the way you worded it. <laughs> no, I'm just talking shit. But for real, yes, in social services you do need to know how to apply um, for grants. So writing grants is very important. Writing grants, writing. like writing grant applications. Yes. And that that consists of like appeals. Correct. I see. Yeah. It's it's a whole process. Not like court appeals, y'all. I mean, like emotional appeals or like logical appeals or. Right, you need to have your statistics and all your data with you. Asset appeals. Let's say that. Asset appeals. So the syllabus, which was obtained by the Intercept, says students will learn diverse fundraising strategies for nonprofits, as well as how to cultivate donors, including. Large individual donors. You know, like, uh, John Odom? Oh gosh, I already forgot Trishel Odom's, uh, husband's name. (laughs) So, uh, oh, large individual donors by leveraging resources like opportunistic fundraising and finding supporters for major fundraising events and, well, asking for money. Uh, I say all these things the way I the weird way I did is because they were all in quotes. This is fucking gold here. They have the ten page syllabus here. SWG six eight six developing grants and fundraising. Well, see when you look at SWG, you know that sounds legit. But then you look at the name of the course, and it's like. Wait a minute. <laughs> Credit three semester hours. Okay, so you're probably taking uh you're probably taking this this course you know, twice a week, three times a week, right? Um, and it's it's what, uh, an hour, 
Maybe yeah. an hour, hour and a half twice a week. Yeah. Or maybe it's just the three hours once a week. I just basically listed out how all college courses can be, didn't I? <laughs> um, let's stay in the article, though. The outline identifies... Excuse me. Key course concepts such as corporate giving, political strategy, influence, and power, as well as more socially con- uh, conscious terms like discrimination, oppression, and privilege. What? what? Okay, we're getting into weird territory here. Yeah. One of the required books is Fundraising for Social Change. Ironic in light of cinema's attempts to ensure things like corporate tax rates remain unchanged. A spokesperson for cinema did not respond to a quest for comment. Big How surprise. How is she a professor? What are her credentials? She's a former social worker, right? I believe so. Yeah, so maybe she just already had that. Because uh, she was a, she was apparently a, you know, very advanced. Graduated high school at like 15. Graduated college at like 18. Let me see. Yeah, she she was valedictorian of Walton High School at age 16. And she earned her BA at Brigham Young University at age 18. Um I remember watching a video about um like they they were talking about her on the majority report. And Sam Cedar talked about how yeah, this is the type of shit that Maybe you gotta keep people close to their like age range. Like you can't, you can't have Sheldons. Yeah. Like you know, Sheldons dope. You know, in a in a show set in a sitcom setting when you're watching them with your family and all. But like, understand you know the, what's it called? The brain's not fully developed. Basically, by the time by the time they're and don't get me wrong, your brain's not fully developed until the time you're twenty five, but by the time they're they're done with college, you know they're they should have been around. They should have been just starting to be around a collegiate environment. So you and I started dating prior to your brain being fully developed. Barely. I like how you're laughing. So, uh, let's see here. Fundraising is a subject the Arizona senator knows a thing or two about, having raised eye-popping sums of money from groups opposed to Joe Biden's Build Back Better agenda. Well, of course, she, uh, remember the other day, she was signing, she was signing them checks. Collecting. She has racked up some 920000 in campaign contributions from said groups. According to an analysis by Accountable U.S., I want to take a look at that. A watchdog group that monitors co- uh, corporate lobbying. Tens of thousands in maxed out contributions from private equity partners and investments, uh, CEO, investment firm CEOs. Okay, because they stand to lose if corporate taxes are hiked up. Um, now, they talk about how the New York Times had reported that she told colleagues that she would not accept any corporate or, or corporate tax or income tax increases. Now, uh, she threatens to obstruct 
the drug pricing reforms as well. Look, we need Medicare uh, negotiating drugs on, on drug prices. We, that's what we need. Like, other countries where they do that, people pay manageable fee. Like, we, we're supposed to be the best country on earth. People shouldn't go broke paying, like, paying health care. It's, it's absurd. It's absurd for the most powerful country on earth to, to have citizens who, like, to have 40-something thousand people die annually for shit that could have been checked out, but they couldn't afford to. So, uh, let's see here. I see. So she ran on lowering drug prices in 2018, but she changed her tune when the pharmaceutical industry began to court her. She was out here like, I hate big pharma. I hate big pharma. And then 2018 comes around and she wins. Hey, so uh, we're the new big pharma. And we like you. You know what? I think I like you too. That's a very seductive voice you got there, baby. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's how it went. <laughs> She's received $6 million in donations. From the finance industry, the insurance industry, and the real estate industry. Between those three industries, six million. All right, so, um, I see. Then they talk about how her teaching, her part-time teaching gig made news because of the protest. So look at that. This is this is net. This is a, a network of things. You know, maybe if we, maybe if Lucha, wouldn't have been out there, making how they and many other Arizonans feel known to their senator who seems to forget what... She doesn't forget that she's... That much is clear. She does not forget that she is a senator. But she does not care what it means. Um, yeah, had we, had we not gotten that from them, maybe maybe we wouldn't have find, found out what she was teaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, or maybe we wouldn't have gotten our hands on the syllabus. So when she declined to... Sp- okay, yeah, then it talks about how they followed her into the bathroom. Uh, and how Stephen Miller, the architect of family separation... That's right. He was he was behind a lot of those... Uh, a lot of the... Like... A lot of the stuff that was f- weird under Obama, but like turned into full-on family separation under Trump. He was responsible for that, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. Um, he said, illegal aliens are unlawfully harassing a U.S. senator to demand passage of Biden's budget reconciliation bill because it will give them amnesty. My guy, their whole life is over here. <laughs> I mean, just because we're using American paperwork, what if we still? What if we grab some? What if we grab some? Uh, some some Native American paperwork? Then wh- where where are you? Where's your Where's your name on there? By the Native American paperwork, yo ass is illegal. Am I wrong? No. Shit. So that then it talks about how she had done the whole yesterday's behavior was not a legitimate protest that we already talked about. Um, 
We also oh they also talk about how Joe Biden, um, he was like I don't think they're the appropriate tactics, but it happens to everybody. It's part of the process. That's right. Uh, didn't Fox just now try to spin that in as like a he was just condemning it? See, that's why y'all gotta pay attention when you if you read a Fox News article, you better you better be reading for the bullshit. Look for the bullshit. You're not gonna have a hard time finding it. Uh, let's see. Bernie Sanders declined to sign on to a statement condemning the activist without language reflecting his hope that she will change her mind on prescription drug reform and the reconciliation bill. Uh, apparently, Axios said those in cinema's orbit have privately vented frustration that her fellow Democratic senators and the White House haven't more forcefully spoken out. I don't... I don't get that. Read it again? Those in cinema's orbit have privately vented frustration that her fellow Democratic senators and the White House haven't more forcefully spoken out. So who are they? Are they saying just a couple people, you know, in cinema's orbit are venting some frustration? Or are they saying, well, the people who are frustrated aren't speaking out more forcefully? I'd like to think that it's the second, it's the latter, uh, because I feel like it, it's also the latter. Um, Bernie Sanders has spoken out, but yeah, we definitely need more senators speaking out. Where's, uh, let's look at current U.S. senators. I want to see what Elizabeth Warren has to say about all this. She's been very quiet. Yeah, she's quiet a lot, to be honest. Like, I, I don't, I don't really like how quiet she is a lot of the time. Uh, let's see here. So the latest that we have from her is on, is in September. But I want to see if there's anything soon, like, not sooner, more recent. Okay, so I see a political article that talked about how. Wait a sec. Okay. Tell us, tell us. Tell us. So there's a couple <laughs> things here. So there's Nancy Pelosi apparently upset at reporters saying that they should do a better job selling the massive reconciliation package. Weren't you about that? Weren't you about to let um about to allow that to shrink? So this is from the National Review. She scolded the media for not doing more promotional messaging, which I agree they haven't. It's only been more recent with the uh with the with Mansion and Cinema being protested that uh mainstream media is coming, you know, more uh once the view did it, I think that's when things started to turn. Yeah. But really shout out to all the activists, you know, sharing uh spe- speaking out and making sure that the uh that the messaging is right 
It's a good thing that, that Pramila Jayapal, the leader of the Congressional Progressive Caucus, was out there mm-hmm. uh, on TV. Uh, that, you know, that Bernie Sanders and that members of the squad have remained, you know, have stayed on TV um, talking about that. And let's see. So, okay, here we go. Asked whether Democrats have failed to effectively persuade the public that a massive influx of social spending is necessary. Hey, you guys know that bill that you like? You like it, right? What is is that what you wanted to do? Obviously the public like, wow, okay. So this is, yeah, all right. Here, here, I'm going to agree with Pelosi. Well, I think you all could do a better job of selling it to be very frank with you because every time I come through I come here and I go through the list medical leave climate the issues that are in here though the issues that are in okay I don't know uh, in a dear colleague letter don't you hate it when they don't do like spell check or something and the, the sentences don't make sense yeah or they cut off the quote at a weird point yeah um but yeah this the Okay, whoever asked her that was some was on some bullshit. Why? Because whether Democrats have failed to effectively persuade the public, this bill is hugely popular with the public. Yeah. The only problem is the politicians. Because the donors are going to do what they do. And this is the fucking government. Like, they literally have the power to pass the Build Back Better agenda, to pass the fucking For the People Act, which can limit the power of the corporations, Mm -hmm. but enough of those politicians just don't want to do that. That's... So, yeah. um, While I think that Pelosi herself has definitely played some obstructionist roles in this by caving to uh, to the moderates... Or, fuck them. To the corporates too many times... And being corporate herself a lot, um, rather just making corp- making choices that align with her corporate donors a lot, because Schumer does less of that. I mean, I always Schumer, forget he's there, right? He's a very forgettable man. I always forget that he. It's because when we think of when we think of the leaders, we think of Pelosi and Schumer. I mean, Pelosi and uh, McConnell, right? Yeah. And they're not even in the same house. Yeah. So we think of Kevin McCarthy way less often, even though he's um, Pelosi's equivalent. And we think of Schumer way less often, even though, honestly, he's he's generally doing better than Pelosi. And he's McConnell's equivalent. And he's the majority leader. Uh, McConnell is the, is the minority leader. So really, uh, he's supposed to be our guy in the Senate. Um, but anyway, another alternative in the democratic, uh, under democratic consideration is to pass a bill including the party's entire policy wish list, but with a shorter life, with shorter lifespans that would lower the top line cost and force Republicans to vote against extending the programs when they run up against deadlines in their, in the coming years. Oh, okay. Cause it'll expose more Republicans, thus costing them seats. So yeah, what I was saying about twenty picking up seats in 2022, 2024, and 2026. Yes. I love it when you get there and I'm just here like nodding like, okay, he got it. I mean, I had the other part of it though. Yeah. But yeah, this is even more. 
uh, to persuade the public, Pelosi, Jen Psaki, and other prominent Democrats have repeated the talking point that the Build Back Better plan will cost $0 because it is effectively subsidized by steep tax hikes on high earners. And that means that means that your taxes are not going like 400,000. Keep in mind your taxes are probably not going to go up as much as as the person who makes a billion a year. There's a huge gap between those two. Yep. But both of y'all are way above the median and the and the mode. So, yeah, y'all y'all need to pay your fair share. It's not fair us working folks are paying more than y'all. It's insane. How how the fuck am I going to pay more than fucking Donald Trump in taxes? For real. I seriously like I seriously paid more taxes in 2020 than Donald Trump did in 2017. That's fucking insane. That man has been wealthy his entire life. That man has not had a day in his life where he was not perceived to be wealthy. And did, basically didn't have the assets to cover the to cover him even when even if he even if he dipped into just regular rich at any point, which let's keep it real, with the fucking layers on layers of wealth that his father had. That probably wasn't even in the stratosphere for him. Um, given the circumstances of the pandemic, Saki said in a, uh, during a brief uh, press briefing Tuesday that the Biden administration believes now is an opportune time. Believes now? Now is the time. Now is the only time. Because then pe- people are just gonna... Next year is gonna be all about people's re-elections. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be a lot of people, there's going to be plenty of Democrats who can't win uh, without this being passed. There's going to be especially Democratic challengers um, who are going to have a much easier time winning if this shit gets passed. Um, And the things that, like, what's his name? Uh, Joe Manchin talking about that this is a, you know, we need to slow down. It's not, we're not in a hurry. Yes, we are. This is from September. 11 senators back House progressives in demand for passage of the entire Biden agenda. So here are the senators who want, who seem to want both bills passed uh, together. And this is, this is a good thing. And it's especially surprising because some of these names, well, honestly, especially one of the the first name, um, he was very weird about that police funding bill. Oh, we said yes to this police funding bill, so now nobody's going to keep going to be out here saying Democrats want to defund the police, huh? Cory Booker. That was such a weird moment for him. I didn't like that. I really just that that cost that cost me a uh Greg, I mean, I, I, I didn't, I don't, I didn't know a ton about him already, but that cost me a little bit of respect for him. But anyway, Cory Booker from New Jersey, Kirsten Gillibrand from New York, Mazi Hirono from Hawaii, Ed Marquis, um, what's it called, um, Elizabeth Warren's fellow senator from Mass, Jeff Merkley from Oregon, Alex Padilla, uh, Harris's successor in the Senate. From California, Bernie Sanders, Brian Schatz, the other Hawaii senator, Tina Smith from Minnesota, Elizabeth Elizabeth Warren, 
and Sheldon Whitehouse um, from Rhode Island. They want... So, so the, okay, they, were, they had issued that statement in late September talking about, listen, we need to pass these bills together. We passed the infrastructure bill with the clear commitment that the that this is this is you know one track and um basically saying that not passing the two together would be a violation of the agreement and that it would undercut uh the opportunities that this is creating for America's families and workers they should wait to pass the bipartisan infrastructure bill until the budget con- reconciliation bill is sent to the president's desk i'm with that Okay. I'm still with that. I I don't think that they should vote. Honestly, I don't think they should vote at all on the bipartisan bill until the Build Back Better, um, until the budget reconciliation bill has hit Biden's desk. Um, the other one says, progressive Dems say the reconciliation package must not sacrifice urgently needed social programs. Um, AOC tweeted we can't negotiate the reconciliation bill down to nothing which is let's keep it real what a couple of these corporates want and especially what corporate republicans want which I mean let's just let's just be real that's just calling them republicans yeah yeah because um, it's a win-win for them because they're the ones benefiting out of the money Look at how many Republicans tried to take credit for the American Rescue Plan Act. After that had none to be, of them signed. Exactly. It had to be passed on party lines. And that was the one re- that was the first reconciliation bill that we get of the year out of three. Now, let me ask you a question, because maybe maybe I was just not so into politics as I am now. But has it always been this way with Republicans being such hard asses on this thing, on these things? Or is it just now that it's more of a party versus party thing? Um, honestly, partisan politics really, really took off. It seems like it really, really took off in the 20th century. Okay. And it's wavered a lot of times to where, you know, we're not quite as polarized, say, in the in the uh in the nineteen twenties, but Republicans still won by won those presidential elections by landslides. We were a little more polarized actually no, I think we were less polarized politically like during the New Deal era because mm-hmm. we needed that shit. Okay. And we were probably less polarized at the beginning of like the Great Society stuff, but then like because civil rights was such a thing, had become such basically the Democrats became the party of civil rights. Mm-hmm. Republicans took that opportunity to be like, come all you racists. Yeah. Come all you conservatives. We love you. So, um, politics has always had its uh, periods of greater polarization, and this is absolutely one of them. Yeah. And it's just much easier to, like, capitalize on once, you know, Trump pop capitalized on a perfect storm. Like this is the type of shit we talked about. This is this is the type of shit that like, the whole silent majority thing mm-hmm. that Goldwater and that Goldwater tried to run on, but Nixon seemed to have perfected, but then got even stronger under Reagan and got more dangerous under Bush. 
Um, Barack Obama becoming president honestly awakened uh, a lot of dormant racism mm-hmm. that along with just, you know, that all that racism powered by so much conservatism and so much just opposition to so much opposition to just corporatism too because had Barack Obama been more left and actually done some of the shit that Joe Biden is poised to do he he could have been more polarizing but at the very least there would have been a ton of people who couldn't deny there would have been a good chunk of this country who couldn't deny he made what whether you know racists you know could have been like he i i he uh he might have been a black president but he made my life better yeah that happened just now what i just yeah that that dramatization happened yeah who are you but come on like um all the shit that he could have done and he did he did a couple things it's not you know he was definitely decent on immigration much more so i mean biden's kind of so far working out to be a lot like trump on immigration but yeah it's it's we're definitely in a in a in especially polarized time that's being very easily taken advantage by a lot of a lot of um, bad faith actors who are capitalizing off um, making shit seem more partisan. Like, you think it's a fucking pandemic that shouldn't be political, and yet here it is. Yeah. Apparently, we're trending better in 45 states uh, as far as COVID goes, so that's something. Okay. Yeah, but we're trending worse in... Uh, in fact, I was actually watching a David Pakman video about that. Why are we trending worse? In five states. Why? Um, because because they don't want to they don't want to mask up. But let's also like get some more data. Apparently, let's see. So let's talk about this for a second. Go for it. Go right ahead, baby. So Florida, we don't have any mask mandates here. Um, isn't our governor's wife allegedly with breast cancer now? Oof. Oh, you hadn't heard that. that. He announced that last week that she's been diagnosed with breast cancer. So isn't this something that could potentially impact her? Wouldn't he want to look out for her safety? Yeah, as the... I mean, it's not like the cancer is going to like wait for them to go to, 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 you know, go to their doctor's appointments mm. and wait for them to start chemo or, or whatever they're doing. Uh-huh. So. Um, wow. I mean, shit, I hope for her, you know, Casey DeSantis. I, ho- I hope for, I hope that this doesn't progress. I hope for anybody with cancer that it doesn't progress. Um, but yeah, I... <laughs> If there was ever a time for a mask mandate, it's now. I'm just saying, if I were, if I were in Ron DeSantis' position, even after everything, I'd be like, 
Hey, so you know what? We're doing a mass mandate after all. Yeah. Like. Wow. You would think, right? I would think. I would. I would again. I would do. But let's see. Apparently, COVID cases have plummeted. Uh, almost fifty percent. In Florida. Uh no, across the country. But that's yes. Well, I heard I heard that yesterday, but I think that's also because um. We have COVID numbers are going, the uh, COVID vaccine numbers are going up. People are, a lot more people are getting vaccinated. Yeah, there was a, that period where people were getting vaccinated, like, I mean, there there was like a period where there was like a ton of vaccines being administered per day. Mm-hmm. That really helped. Yeah. Um, it looks like we're trending slightly downward in daily deaths. Um, it looks like we're below 2,000 again. Okay. Well, that's something. Yeah, I mean, it's nothing to... Oh, and daily new cases, we're, we're below 100,000 again. You know, it's nothing to brag about, but it's certainly, you know... It's a change. I see. Okay, so you're right about about vaccine doses administered. They're, they're going up again. Of course they are. Because a lot of anti-vaxxers and COVID non-believers are actually getting COVID and have loved ones that are dying. And I'm like, oh my God, would you look at that? It does exist. Look, what about all these, uh, all these people, all these public figures? Like these, uh, this couple who was radio hosts that they were anti-vaxxers? They both died. Who died? This couple who were anti-vax radio hosts. Oh, why not? A lot of public figures on the right have just died out of... I mean, I don't even know what to tell you. Should I say, I'm sorry? Rest in peace? I mean, they yeah, didn't even live you know, in peace. Like... So it's like, I mean, this is your fault. That sounds awful. I promise you I'm not heartless. It's just... So how many people have died out of people being obstinate and selfish? So, you know, get the fuck out of here. Um, I didn't, I didn't, I'm, we're not, we didn't wish for those people to die, but... Your mom but... just texted, coffee. <laughs> I might have gotten that too because of the recording yeah. um, and what about this one okay so Warren Davids Cole, Sharice Davids uh, she's a congresswoman from Canada I'm not Canada Can is Kansas it's a fucking K goodness and congressman Tom Cole from uh, oh he's a Republican from Oklahoma oh Reintroduced bipartisan bill to seek healing for stolen native children and their communities. Right, that's right. Trump calls her Pocahontas because, yeah. Yeah. Also, fuck Trump. Just, you know, another opportunity to say fuck Trump. So like, this was... We like those opportunities. Yeah. Okay, so this is... uh, Seeks healing for stolen native native children and their community Communities. It would establish a formal con- commission to investigate, document, and acknowledge past injustices of the federal government's Indian boarding, p- boarding school policies. This includes attempts to terminate Native cultures, religions, languages, assimilation pra- practices, and human rights violations. The commission would also develop recommendations for Congress to aid in healing of the historical and intergenerational trauma passed down in Native families and communities and provide a forum for victims to speak about personal experiences tied to these human rights violations. 
Okay, so this isn't linked directly to uh, Elite. Well, I guess it is because it's... Oh, no. This bill is bipartisan, but it's not part of the infrastructure. So I guess it's not relevant to the infrastructure, you know, segment that we're talking about right now. But this is some important shit. And I hope that they succeed in it. This is an article from the 30th on, oh, on warren.senate.gov. Okay. All right. Well, I wish Warren, I wish Elizabeth Warren the best in this. Okay. And then we have a tweet from her from September 22nd. The bipartisan infrastructure bill and the budget reconciliation bill go together. This is how we fix roads and bridges, achieve universal child care, and expand Medicare and fight climate change. So tell me about this universal health care thing. Uh, universal well, universal child, child care. Child, child care, yeah. Is this going to help me as a future mother? So let's read about that. No, this is straight up facts. Because a lot of women, particularly in my age range, we don't have children because, you know, we're building up careers, we're building up foundations. But then we also have on the back of the mind that child care is expensive. Yes. Like it's hella expensive. So is it going to work for me? And another, a big, I'm really glad you brought that up because a big concern, uh, there's thousands upon, there's tens of thousands of women who have not been able to return to the workforce because of that. Well, I have, uh, I mean, thankfully my team's working from home, but you know, we're already looking into the idea of getting back to the office full time. And we've been looking at it for months. I mean, my, my team's aware of this for months. And one of the concerns that I always get, particularly from the parents in, my, in, the, in the team, in, in the office in general, is like, what am I going to do with my child? Like, what do I do with them? Particularly single parents. Yeah. So uh, they're looking to... The Build Back Better Act is supposed to invest 450 bill into both lowering the cost of childcare and securing universal pre-K for three and four-year-olds. I didn't know pre-K wasn't universal. No. Literally, until this, until all these talks about this, uh, this infrastructure bill started, basically until 2021, I did not know that pre-K was not universal. What do you mean you didn't know pre-K was not universal? I didn't know pre-K. I thought there was like preschool that, was, that wasn't universal, but I thought pre-K was just part of the curriculum. I didn't do pre-K. Huh. But I'm a summer baby. Fair enough. But still, I would have thought. Yeah. I would have thunk it. Right? Because, let me think. Um, you so did my, pre-K. I, now, now that I think about it, did I? You must have, because you're born in the middle of a school year. But now... Either that or you lost I was, a year. But I was also in... I was also living in New York during the during the... Time. Does New York have universal pre-K? Because I'll have to I'll have to look that up because that's that's how I like I was I was pre-K age and we were still living in New York or New Jersey. Let me let me text your mom about the coffee. You wanna go get it for me, please? Yes, I will get it. <laughs> universal pre-K. There is a pre-K seat for every four-year-old NYC resident. Oh. So I guess so. Maybe that's what I was doing at Rocky Mountain. Maybe that was preschool. Hmm. Yeah. Because I remember... Oh, or maybe that was... Maybe that was the Children's Garden School in, in New Jersey. 
I'm not sure. But um, I know for a fact that... No, no, I'm pretty sure that was kindergarten. Because I remember that I had... I remember when I started school in uh, in the Grove, um, that was finishing kindergarten when we moved here. And then we were still in the Grove when I started first grade, but then we moved to Kendall and I finished the year there. And then I went to Ludlam for second through fifth grade. Yeah, okay. Okay, so yeah, maybe... So yeah, maybe, maybe that, that must have been my pre-K because, again, kindergarten was in New Jersey. So look at that. So uh, for the, uh, I got a, Min, a Minnesota Post article for the plans outlined in the Build Back Better Act as far as universal child care goes. So we're talking about significantly increasing the amount of funding provided by the federal government to states to subsidize citizens' child care costs. We're talking about twenty expected to be $20 billion for 2022 fiscal year, $30 billion for 2023, and forty billion for twenty twenty four to remain available for twenty through twenty twenty seven. I hope that means forty billion annually. At like, um, while most states, including Minnesota, already have pro programs that subsidize childcare for low income families, Build Back Better creates new programs that subsidize childcare for all families. The money is not going is not going into existing streams that states already have. Is creating new funding streams said who's sanford hmm. claire sanford government relations chair for the minnesota child care association she's been working with lawmakers on some sections of the bill of some child care sections of the build back better act there are existing government structures that federal money flows through uh, to family and child care providers at the state level but the way the bill is written those will be vastly overhauled and two brand new funding streams will be created at the federal level I mean, okay. that, that, that's definitely something. So new federal programs would still consider a family's income when determining the level of subsidy. Uh, but the subsidies for all families would be more generous than under the current system. Because honestly, what's, what the fuck's wrong with just help? Like, that's been one of the big talking points is, oh, we need to means test it. We need to means test it. So we're not making, we're making sure. And they, they always try to flip it and say, we're making sure that we're not, you know, funding some rich kids community college. Well, fuck rich kids gonna be. Shh, Even so, though, why not? Why not? <laughs> just, just do it for all of them. We can clearly afford to just do it for all of them. We're not talking about their rich parents. We're talking about kids. We so yeah, if they do. All of them, because we have a military to pay for. Ah, that's true. And we have a military to fill. Yeah. With lies. Yes, and lives. With lies. Telling people yeah. that are undocumented, if you fight for this country, we'll give you papers and then deport them. Yeah. That sounds like us. <laughs> so, an amendment to the bill introduced by uh, Ilhan Omar... That's right, she is... Wait, she's a Minnesota? I always confuse who uh, who she and who Rashida Tlaib represent. So that's right, she represents the Minnesota area by Minneapolis. Rashida Tlaib represents the Michigan area that's by, uh, by Detroit. Not far from Detroit, but basically... Okay, I always, I always forget that, because Michigan, Minnesota, and, you know... Mm -hmm. 
M-I-M-N. So she is the whip of the Congressional Progressive Caucus. She, uh, her amendment establishes the caps for the amount of family, of a family, fuck me, of a family's annual income spent on childcare, with no family paying more than seven percent of their income. That's big. That is huge. As for what types of childcare is eligible for the programs, the bill would cover both large institutional childcare and family-based childcare programs according to the senator from Minnesota, Tina Smith, a longtime advocate, long-time advocate for uh, expanded child care who is following the legislation in the House closely. The way we designed it specific, this was designed specifically not to push out family providers, specifically to recognize and respect the crucial role they provide. So let's see. Each state would receive 100% of the state's expenditures in the year for preschool services. Um, there's other childcare related spending in the bill's current form, as well as a permanent expansion of the child and dependent care tax credit, an expansion of the child tax credit, um, a $15 billion for childcare facilities, and the establishment of a childcare wage grant program to increase wages for childcare providers who are always underpaid because we don't value that work. Yeah. Uh, among other investments that support working families. In fact, uh, last thing I want to say on this, I actually want to read a couple of uh, posts that I saw. So let's see. On, on this very topic, needless to say. Where was it? I'm going to give you some ASMR sounds in the meantime. <laughs> Guess the item. So it's this post. Men don't support their wives who stay at home to raise their children. Women support men's careers by providing unpaid child care, housework, meals, and overall family life management services. That is true. That is true. And, and same goes for when the roles are reversed. I can't open that. I got you. Thank you. Um, oh, I thought I had a couple more. Ah, here we go. The idea that there was a period in time where women did not work is flawed. Women have always worked. Domestic labor is labor that remains uncompensated. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's one of the reasons why, you know, people uh, will laugh at somebody who, I mean, granted, we, we don't, the, the, the prototypical response, um, expectation of a response from this society is that somebody's going to, like a dude's going to get laughed at if he, you know, says that he wants to grow up and be a dad and grow up and be like, you know. Yeah. Another one that I, this isn't, this isn't relevant, but it's, um, it was, it was something that does kind of speak to this. Uh, it's a tweet from Jamila Jamil from The Good Place. Oh. A lot of women insist, a lot of mostly women insisting that I couldn't possibly have actually worked on my boyfriend's music and that he must have just been, must have just credited me to be nice. I was a DJ for eight years and studied music for six years before that. You are part of the problem of, of why women don't pursue producing. I saw that tweet. 
And I mean, yeah, like, who was actually? I I did. I don't even know what. I don't even know what album she's talking about. I don't. I don't know who her boyfriend is. But yeah, that is some bullshit. Like. <laughs> But people also love just assuming that somebody... Oh, James Blake. Okay. You're beautiful, dude? No, that's James Blunt. Oh. I like how you knew right away. Oh, this guy. I don't know who it is. What does yeah. he sing? I don't... I don't. I can't name any songs of his. I know that he did a, lot, uh, a little bit of production work on a couple of the bonus tracks from 444. Really? Yeah google this but like he's a singer oh he was in um king's dead okay i suppose oh is that la di da da slab on me knob yeah no <laughs> no thank you i mean don't get me wrong i <sighs> but you know just no thanks <laughs> that was awful yeah Anyway, let's talk about what's going on in Miami. Miami, where we have the Cuban Mafia. <laughs> so we have some uh, dramatic drama here. <laughs> dramatic drama. I like telenovela, that. soap opera type of dramatic. shit. Dramatic. Um, where the city of Miami police chief, who has now been suspended, by the way. Art Acevedo. Yeah, he... Uh, he called out the commissioners of the city of Miami, basically a Cuban mafia, because he he uh, he basically saying that they they want things done their way, and he was in about that shit. Allegedly, the city manager Art Noriega, too many too many Arturos. Yeah, they're obviously Arturo. I don't know like who turned Arturo into Art, but whatever. I'll, you know, your nickname is your nickname. Thank you for my who, food snacks. For sure, baby. So, Art Noriega sent him a memo on Monday listing the reasons for his termination. He said that the police chief failed to follow department protocols, he had lost the confidence of his officers, and had made improper comments that damaged community relations. This is, this is the thing with these people. It's always the improper comments that damage community relations. Mm-hmm. When, they're in the, when they're out there beating, you know, beating some black dude's ass... That's not bad for community relations, is that? Nope. Apparently, apparently that's just fine. He should have just complied. Fuck y'all. Fuck the police coming straight from the underground. Young nigga got it bad because I'm brown. Um, so let's see. Acevedo came to Miami after gaining a national profile in Texas as a police chief in Houston and Austin. At, an, at a news conference announcing his hire in April, Miami Mayor Francis Suarez called him the best chief in America. What happened? He called Carollo an asshole. <sighs> do we have like video of where of what he did, like of, of any of those statements, or did he do this on? <laughs> I don't even know. Hold on, let's look this up. Okay, so we got a st- we we got a statement here from the uh, from from the city manager Art Noriega, and we got a statement here from Francis Suarez. 
I don't want to hear from Francis Suarez. Be ready to bomb them. That's all I can see when I look at his face. Just six months ago, six months ago, he was the chief of police in Houston, and he was leaving the the HPD for Miami. But I'm trying to find. Okay, so this was as of two weeks ago. This is from the Miami Herald. It's some um, video. So let's. You want to hear? It? Yeah. I mean, I haven't heard it, so we're gonna hear it together. Ready? Ready. We shouldn't have hired him without making sure that we couldn't control him. Basically. No, the worst part of this is that they hardly speak English. Yeah, the, the both of them. One's struggling to speak city yeah. and the other one's um By the way, that was Manolo Reyes. C- Commissioner Manolo Reyes was the one speaking and this Ah, see cuz he and other commissioners are pissy according to where is it here yeah it's him de la portilla uh carollo okay carollo is not not listed here but but de la portilla is and what's his name this is um the one that's speaking now the one that was speaking throughout the video richard richard dunn oh the one at the beginning is manuel reyes okay so so they're pissy about the fact it, it says here from a wlrn uh I'm glad that this fucking this fucking article exists. WLRN allegedly is supposed to be nonpartisan, right? Yeah. That's where we used to watch Sesame Street. Yeah. Bird, bird, Big Bird can't go wrong. We well, he Big can, bird. but he doesn't steer us wrong. Come on, Big Bird wasn't perfect. He was in my eyes. Oh, baby. 
Why are you like You're so cute? Why are you like ruining my childhood? I'm not. Ch- I'm so. <sighs> I'm gonna cry now. Are you? No. Guac. Well, the next thing you're gonna tell me is that Mr. Rogers wasn't perfect either. Mr. Rogers was as close as we get to perfect. He was up there. Thank you, so, baby. So he, I'm just saying, he got a shit ton of funding for um for children's pro- programming, federal funding. He made it happen. Yeah. I want to watch that and movie sure, with I'm Tom sure Hanks. Wasn't, I'm sure it wasn't him alone, but damn, did, did he not spearhead... He spearheaded that movement. We gotta watch that movie with Tom Hanks about him. I'm down. So, um, the commis- some commissioners felt the city manager and mayor bypassed him to bring in Acevedo the, um, and that the hiring process wasn't transparent enough. So, here's my... Um, this is speculation. This is gonna be wild speculation. Gonna put on my tinfoil crown over here. I love it. Put mine down too. That's so tight. Get some. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm just kidding. All right, got some. Got a tinfoil moment or um, over here for you. I don't know anything about what Acevedo was doing in Houston or in where was it? Where was the other city? Austin. Austin. Mm-hmm. So, but they brought him in because they thought that it would be political points. Are you kidding me? Francis Suarez looks like he looks like he drinks political points. He looks like when you ask him what kind of soda he wants, he wants a soda that'll give him political points. Our, He'll opinion, drink... our opinion about him changed from last week to this week. Francis Suarez? Yeah. Last week we were like, he's okay. He's all right. Yeah, but then as, as I guess as we learn more about him, yeah. because right. at first he just seemed like... Wait, did no? But we talked about when he was when he was you know talking about the bombing. Oh yeah, yeah. That's I I didn't like him then. <laughs> I don't know. He just screams sketchy to me. The there is something very unsettling about some of the especially ostensibly clean cut politicians in Miami, such as Francis Suarez and Maria Elvira Salazar. I'm going to go into politics. They sketch me out just with their faces. Just their faces, their appearances sketch me out. As soon as you see them, there's like, oh, I could buy that motherfucker. I could buy him. I mean, I can't, but, you know, somebody could buy him. Then somebody probably did. You know, I, I'm just saying, I don't really see that when I look at every single politician. I mean... I, I didn't see that as readily when I would look at Donna Shalala. Mm. But I understand it. But with with Francis Suarez, it's like he it's like he wrote first it's like he wrote Sevende on his on his, his fucking forehead. forehead. And just just down here, uh on his on his right cheek for sale. And then on his left cheek he has it in uh he has it in Creole. Because he wants to corner the entire market of Miami politics. Um, it's a, it's I, at the very least, I don't have to call him my mayor, because he is the city of Miami mayor. Yeah. Our mayor is Daniela. Daniela Levine Cava. Um, so let's see here. Here's a here's a quote from. From De- from Denny Rivero from WLRN, and then tensions between the commission and Acevedo rapidly escalated because the chief of police was implementing many reforms he said were needed at the police de- department, 
and he was facing pushback from some members inside the police department. And when he was addressing those reforms at a meeting a couple weeks ago, he made a comment that it's almost like the Cuban mafia runs the city of Miami police department, which then angered some commissioners even more. Because, of course, that was taken personally. So I want to read about some of the reforms that he was making. So we're going to jump to a Local 10 article. Uh, Let's see. Some advocates for police reform call Miami Police Chief Art Acevedo's removal disappointing, saying that his community policing and reform agenda resonated with many in the department and the community. We were, we, we were treated like second-class citizens, and with this chief, it felt like a brand new start, said Sid, um, S- I'm sorry, Sergeant Stanley Jean Poix. It looks like Jean Poix, right? Yeah. President of the Miami Community Police Benevolent Association, the city's historically black police association. The historically black police association of the city of Miami, which has a racist history. Is saying that I mean the city, not not them, not not the benevolent association. I don't. Um, yeah. Maybe they do. I don't know. But they <laughs> they are saying that this guy was a brand new start. So I mean something something is sketchier here than we're than we're being led to believe. Uh, let's see. It was disappointing. That, okay, but let's talk about the actual reforms. Now, don't just say reform. It was disappointing that the chief who was brought on to offer much-needed reform was ousted in a very public and very dramatic way. Of course they're going to do it dramatically. They're Republicans. They're local Republicans. All they have is the theater of it. The theater! Yeah. The theater of, uh, of Washington. They can't make it in Broadway, but they can make it in Washington. Let me read to you. Hype! Hype. Let me read to you a poem. Go right ahead. It goes, she made us drinks to drink. We drunk them, got drunk. Who's the poet? T-Pain. Oh, true. <laughs> she made us drinks, them drinks. Got we drunk them, got drunk. And now I know. No, okay, let me stop. Um, all right, so but let's talk about what were these reforms? So, okay, here we go. A lot of the things he was doing were pretty innovative, said Jean Poix. For, exa- for instance, he was one of the first, he was the first one that did a department-wide survey to get our opinions on matters. Um, he said when he, when, he was fi- when he was hired, when, he was, when his hiring was announced, sorry, unless we take the time to feel that pain, process that pain, process that pain that communities of color had uh, that disproportionately are impacted by bad policing, we will never get beyond the summer of 2020. He added in his swearing in that we will select people for positions not based on relationships, but based on merit. It's a fucked up thing that in this country, that's a, that's the, a meritocracy has to ha- has is the meritocracy has been of a, a fucking reform in this country, not once, but several times. Keep in mind that civil service reform was something that the Hayes administration wanted to do in the fucking late 1870s. This is what James Garfield was elected in 1880 to do. 
and then he got killed by somebody who wanted who wanted to spoil job who said whoa um i canvassed for you uh don't i get a job no dude mm. you you first of all your degree isn't even in that job i don't i don't know if charles Gateau had a degree i'm dramatizing this and i don't know you and i've never heard of anybody talk about your credentials where's your credentials show me them credentials he had none at least not for the job he wanted it's like you wait, hold up hold up you want to you, you just you, you got yes you got a doctor wait hold up i'm going to i'm going to do a zoidberg here so you want to be the surgeon general yeah i have a doctorate it says here your doctor is in art history oh. yeah but it's a, you know i'm a doctor let me you know i could be a surgeon general you literally can't I could be a surgeon, whatever, general. Can't even say it. <laughs> That's the kind of shit that, 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 uh, just so, just so y'all can get a picture of the fact that there has never not been corruption in this country. There has never not been corruption. Anyway, uh, he brought back the, the process for interviews for specialized units before it was just handpicked friends and family handpicked friends and family for specialized units of law enforcement that is literal corruption and and niggas wonder why people people wonder why why people don't trust the police wow so it of course talks about how one of the controversial comments was the use of cuban mafia Um, no, I don't really want to see the complete memo. But yeah, it was basically the powers that be didn't like all the reform and that he didn't like that he was standing up to them. Huh. Um, let's see. Oh, John Paul also praised Acevedo's promise to hold officers accountable for their actions. Carroyo and Reyes and De La Portilla, they like that qualified immunity. They love that. Get rid of them. Get rid of all of them. We need hardcore reforms. And I, I understand that defund the police is not a popular phrase, but... Defund the police. Get rid of that. We need to... If we can't succeed in reforming the police, which these guys are trying to make damn sure does not happen in Miami mm. by doing this, um, then we need to we need to build it from the, from the ground up. It, all these things, all these awful agencies were basically built from the top down and they were, they were designed with a heavy racialization in mind. This is intense, baby. Come on. Border Patrol was created to make... Sh to keep this country white. Let's keep it real. To keep this country white. Because there, there were so many influxes of immigration in the 18th, throughout the early 19th century. But that was, a lot of that was from Europe. So they love that. Oh, Germans come through. 
Irish? Yeah, I mean, I guess, yeah. Uh, British? Oh my goodness, yes. Italy? I, I, you guys are cool. Wait, what? He did what? Wait, that doesn't sound Italian. Christopher Colombo, that makes more sense. Yes, come on in, Italians. Wow. No, for real, that's, that's a thing. Um, just quick, quick thing about, about Indigenous Peoples Day. First of all, fuck Christopher Columbus. Second of all, he never set foot on what is currently these United States. Sec- uh, third, nobody invited him. Fourth, all he did was kill and pillage and rape. And fifth, um, he was j- the only reason that he's that we even have a Columbus Day and that he was praised in this country was to to cre- just to create an American hero to sell books, which was later used by uh, Italian immigrants to kind of become more of the, uh, you know, more of the, more part of the fabric of America. Hmm. It's like, hey, whoa, I mean, remember Christopher Columbus, you know, the, the guy that you guys have been reading about in those books who's so awesome and discovered America, he was Italian. That's right. Yeah. Now eat the spaghetti and like it. Bless you. Thank you. Um. So yeah, that was that was a big thing. Uh. And one more time, fuck Christopher Columbus and uh, happy belated Indigenous Peoples Day, y'all. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I'm just I'm just gonna cut it there. Uh, as far as that segment, because I don't even want to give dignity to all the people talking shit and trying to defend Christopher Columbus. Like no, um. I'm down to cancel Christopher Columbus. People are trying to say that this was like that that Christopher Columbus is going through is experiencing cancel culture right now. Sure, yeah, yeah, we want to cancel him. Anybody else who's who's very much alive and keeping their platform, obviously not being canceled because cancel culture isn't really a thing. But in this case, yeah, I'm down. I'm down to call it that. I'm down to call it whatever we need to to get this nigga the fuck out of here so that we never have to talk about him again. Rant over. Rant <laughs> is over. So, um, I don't think I even have more about... Let's see. No, let's let's finish this article. So, Local 10 News asked Suarez on Tuesday if he worries Acevedo's removal could have a chilling effect on the broader concepts of, of police reform. As expected, the nigga said, I sincerely hope not. Hopefully, whether it's the interim chief or whoever gets selected as the uh, as the new chief. Um, oh, we'll have the same spirit that all communities are heard in policing and policing tactics. If they quoted him correctly, he speaks weird. Or weirdly. So then uh, another another person who seemed to agree with John Paul named Johnson. Um Everyone might not be the best fit for every organization, but if the ideas are solid, then the ideas should outlast the person. What I could hope for is that the next chief learns from those things that are done correctly and continues that uh, so those officers' voices are not continued to be missed. Miami's Fraternal Order of Police did not respond to multiple requests for comment to the story, of course. 
Although I I do wish that okay. Let's see. Just last bit on that. Okay, so the relationship between the chief and the organization has become untenable and needs to be resolved promptly. Okay, this is when this is when Noriega determined that they couldn't that they're the only move for their politics and probably for their wallets too is to is to get rid of Acevedo. Um Okay, so he said the the Cuban mafia thing in August. He said while the comments uh, while the comment was meant to be humorous, I have since learned that it is highly offensive to the exile Cuban community of which I am a proud member. Okay, before before I got to the last part, I'm like, just learned that? Are you So wait, is this guy is this guy not Cuban? I thought he was from the jump. I thought he was Cuban. And I guess I was right. Um So let's see here. No, that's it. It looks like people just got their feelings hurt. These are the same. This is the same side that calls the left snowflakes. Yeah. But whatever. People got their feelings hurt. Um, Also, isn't isn't like the Cuban mafia an actual thing? Isn't there like a mafia in every country? (laughs) Isn't there like a native like a, a native mafia is the wrong word to use. Isn't there a mafia in just about every country that consists primarily of the of the the like the rate either the race of people who makes up the majority or at least majority like working class type people who just get into shady shit well i mean the mafioso shit is shady shit as it is but and i and i get him you know clarifying and and trying to clean up uh you know the comments um and make things right with the cuban community because all Cubans in Miami are not responsible for the corruption of the police. But, I mean, what was he wrong about? Besides, saying it that way, maybe, but ideologically, what was he wrong about? And look, they just proved that it was some mafia shit by, by, by getting them out of here. So, um, before we go, let's talk about Gabby Petito. So, a couple of weeks ago, we had discussed the disappearance of Gabby Petito. Um, well, the autopsy results just came back yesterday. Um, it's still being, it's, it's being, it's basically been officially ruled a homicide, right? Yes, it's officially been ruled a homicide. Apparently she was strangled. Mm-hmm. Um... So, that's where we are. They're still looking for him. I was looking at the timeline. Apparently, a couple of stuff have been added. Um, because... Uh, let me see. This was the August 12th. We talked about when they were stopped by a... By a police officer. Yeah. Um, so, August 17th, Laundry, which is the... The, the prick. The yeah, I was gonna say the asshole. That um, too. He flew to Tampa from Salt Lake City on August seventeenth, according to the family attorney. 
and he flew home to obtain, and I quote, some items and empty and close the storage unit to save money as they contemplated extending the road trip. And then on August 23rd, he returned to Salt Lake City to rejoin Petito, allegedly, saying that Brian and Gabby paid for the flights as they were sharing expenses. Uh, August 27th, um... I see something about a witness observed a commotion. Oh, yes. I think one of the same article. Maybe. Look yeah. They were leaving uh, the Mary Piglet's Tex-Mex restaurant. This is the one I told you about. I think you and I in conversation, they told him that the, he was being disrespectful and he was just angry with everyone. Well, she was in tears. And she was in tears. Going in and out of the restaurant several times. Yeah. And then the last week of August is when the Petito family told the police that they were last in contact with her during the last week of August. Um and the last communication she it was believed that they were in Grand Teton National Park in Wyoming. Um, so on August twenty fourth, Petito FaceTime with her mother to tell her that they were leaving Utah and heading to Teton Range in Wyoming. August twenty fifth, there were the multiple texts between Petito and her mom. Uh, August twenty seventh, more texts between Petito and her mom, and August thirtieth is when they received the last text, but they doubt that she even wrote that. That was the stand one? That was the no service in Yosemite. Mm. Yeah. In September, a woman claimed that her and her boyfriend gave laundry a ride on August 29th, claiming that he had been camping by himself or some sort, while Petito was allegedly at a van in her van working on some social media posts. Um, let me see. So September 1st is when Laundry returned to the couple's Northport home where his parents also live. And I believe they found the van there, right? The van was in the Yeah. Was in But the, I mean, I think we I think we went over some of these yeah, things. Yeah, but hold on, hold on. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Jesus, baby. No patience. Um So their his parents were questioned on September 20th. September 21st is when they confirm, the coroner confirms that the human remains found on Sunday. Uh, so hold on, September 21st, let me go back in time here. September 21st was on a Tuesday, so on September 19th is when the body was found. Now, keep in mind, September 19th is when the body was found. According to the autopsy, it had been four to five weeks already that mm-hmm. she had been killed. So if we go four to five weeks back... We're talking about one, two, three. We're talking about August 27th, 28th, 29th-ish. Shit. Yeah. Because the last FaceTime was on the 27th or 24th? Yeah. The last FaceTime that they had was, that she had was on August 24th. Mm. August 25th, she was texting with her mom. August 27th is where they think... um, well, August 30th is when they received the last text from her saying no service in Yosemite. He probably did it August 30th. I can see it. Yeah. So, yeah, they're still looking for him. Um, now, this is something weird. Yeah. I see that in a statement Tuesday, Laundry's family attorney, Steve Bertolino, said that Laundry used a debit card that belonged to Petito, but noted that he was not a suspect in her death. So, so why are you running? Yeah, I'm just, uh... 
We now believe the day that Brian left to hike in the preserve was Monday, September 13th. That's what he said on September 14th. No, no, he said that more recently than that, I guess. So why are you running? Honestly. Yeah, a- anything coming from them is some bullshit. Yeah. Uh, not a whole lot not a whole lot of statement from the from Bertolino or the laundry family here which is good because honestly I'm not too interested in hearing from them right now uh I'm interested in hearing from his ass when they put him in court you know I'm interested in hearing him under him take the oath and then I want to hear what he has to say um I don't I don't I don't you think he's gonna lie in court I don't think they're going to find him. I mean... No, I, I understand. The the likelihood definitely feels like it's getting lesser and lesser by the day. Yeah. I don't know. I but don't they know. definitely... They absolutely believe that the strangling was by a human. Oh, yeah. It was him. That there, there's, there's no doubt. There's, like, at least no doubt in our minds. And just all the... <laughs> Everything, everything points to them, unless, like, the only astronomically low possibility, but it is still a possibility, uh-huh. is whoever, whoever killed them, the mother two, the mother two uh, ladies who were killed. Oh, that's right. Well, I mean, some, I've heard theories that he's probably a serial killer. Well, allegedly there's no connection. Allegedly. Yeah, so, while there, there, yeah, there is also the possibility that maybe Brian is responsible for all three murders. Maybe. Or, I, I'm not close to the possibility, although, again, I find this to be astronomically lower than um, any, any possibility that involves Brian not being responsible is astronomically lower to me than any possibility of him being responsible. But I'm not going to close, close off to the possibility that whoever truly is responsible for the other two women's murders, if it wasn't Brian, could have been responsible for Gabby's. Mm. Now that we got the math out of the way, mm. it was Brian. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I would also, we also got autopsy results for Jelani Day. So... I think that was a third autopsy. No, they're they're calling for a third autopsy. Oh, they're calling for uh, well. This one today. was yeah. This one was on a, a, I think it was a private, uh, a private. I I wouldn't know. I I don't I don't know. But there's definitely two, two that's that have occurred so far. Inconsistent. So his family is questioning inconsistent autopsy results. Um, and they failed to receive an accurate explanation about the things missing in Jelani's body. Um, there are certain organs missing, apparently. Yeah. His jawbone was sawed out. Some of his teeth were missing. I think his front and his back teeth. His organs were mushed and liquefied, including, and others including, his brain, liver, and spleen were not found. That's just fucking vile. That that is, that is just fucking vile. Um, but apparently, Jelani Day's mother said that there were no organs missing in the picture. So I'm, 
a little confused there. This article is from Revolt. So the 25-year-old's siblings say that their family has been kept in the dark amid the mourning process, but the search continues as they are working to get, to get answers. Uh, the LaSalle County coroner. Um, okay, so a statement from the family says, due to the distrust, this is why we suspect foul play of the LaSalle County coroner, LaSalle um, Sheriff Office, LaSalle PD, Peru PD, and Bloomington PD. What state was this in again? Illinois. Illinois. There's a Peru, Illinois? Mm. I guess. Uh, for these reasons, this is why we want slash need the FBI involved as well. I agree. The second the second autopsies are inconsistent for a black man, I want the FBI in there too. Yeah. Like we, we did we did mention uh missing white women syndrome. You see how we're getting definitive answers for Gabby? Mm-hmm. We can we can have those definitive answers for Jelani. And his family deserves them. Well, Jelani Day's mother confirmed that none of his organs were missing. Oh yeah, that's what that's what I was that's what I was saying that she, yeah, that she so, was saying. But an independent autopsy apparently said that said that some organs were missing. She goes, "This is not a case of organ harvesting that I'm aware of." However, my son did not put himself in a river. My son was murdered, and my goal and purpose is to find out what happened and hold those responsible accountable. His body was discovered floating near the south bank of the Illinois River on September 4th. Yeah. It was not identified until September 23rd. That's some Emmett Till shit. Yeah. Like, how, like, for a month, and then a body was discovered two weeks, like, a week into that, basically. So three three weeks out of that month, they had to, they had to be basically be you know, not knowing. Is that body his or is it not? You know, well, where is he? The South County coroner had uh, said that Day's organs had decomposed due to the length of its t- of time his body had been submerged in water. No cause or manner of death was given. Where is, when is this article from? Okay, it's from yesterday. Hallie Besner, who was the family's attorney, says she looked into other reasons the body deteriorated as much as it did. Um... Again, it says again, the, the independent pathology investigation said Day's jaw... Okay, it says Day's, Day's jaw may have been sought out. Then, it's, then it adds eyes to the brain, liver, and spleen list of missing uh, organs. Um, here we go. So this is Carmen Bolden Day, his mother. No organs were missing. There were contradicting facts from the first preliminary autopsy compared to the second independent autopsy. But this is not a case of organ harvesting. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. This okay. So this is somebody, a Twitter user, compared this to to Emmett Till as well. And um, let's see. Do we have any? Do we have any like more info? It seems like both of these articles just give me the same stuff. Yeah. No, there's not really that much. It's it's happening day by day. Yeah, so I guess this is this is stuff that we have like more and I, I do hope that, that third uh autopsy is able to happen. 
Um, if the FBI can can get involved, I mean, I I don't think it's out of line for them to get involved. This is undoubtedly some hate crime shit. Who just throws a black guy in the river? Yeah. And his 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 car was discovered where? Uh, not far from where from where he was discovered, basically, right? Right. Oh, I think it was in this article that they said it. Here we go. His car was found about 60 miles outside of Bloomington. And then body... Okay, yeah. That's hmm. some heavy shit. Yeah. Um, rest in peace, Lonnie Day. Rest in peace, Gabby Petito. Um, and we're going to close it out here. We'll give you guys more info, you know, on... on all, all of the top... Basically, all the topics we have here are ongoing things. So, yeah, we'll give you updates as they come along. Yeah. Um, but we appreciate you guys listening and getting as far as you did we're past the two hour well past the two hour mark yeah jeez <laughs> um but hey shows well show got a show on the 30th of this month it's going down at TM Poets it's going down and now you know it yeah um <laughs> Okay, I thought you were gonna throw. I thought you were gonna throw something in there. No, no, you're just just watching me just flail. Yeah, yeah. flail. Yeah, <laughs> very helpful, baby. I love you. I love you too. Be sure to follow at the Freak Show Podcast. Follow at Cyrex MC. Follow at Super underscore Elsie. And follow our amazing sweet sponsor, Mama dot dot Flan. And put some sweetness. In, in your, your life. life. Yeah. I was like hoping you'd get it. You'd... I got it. Yeah. Late, but got it. <laughs> but for real, y'all, we, we, we think you're awesome and we appreciate y'all thinking we're awesome. And if you don't think we're awesome, keep listening. You will. Eventually. Got me on the speaker. What? 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 As we go live with the Freak, freak Show jam. jam. What? As we go live with the Freak, freak Show Jam. jam. Nice. <laughs>